Awakened Reality Podcast, JFK Assassination. This is Steve LeBlanc from the Awakened Reality Podcast, Deep History Podcast. And I'm just jumping in before I post this um, Bill and I's latest video um, to share a couple of comments um, that we had received from um, some of our listeners. Um, first of all, we have Jason Seelman. He's a very, um, a very talented filmmaker. He has a YouTube page. You should check it out. Um, he's working on a new um tv show i think and um but anyways he emailed us to uh to say that in making fun of unix we're really talking about a, a group of people or a demographic that we know nothing about which is always dangerous and um and he said that quote unix have been around for a long time and the commitment they make is eternal in their beliefs and so I actually did a little research on that, and he's certainly right. They, throughout history, people have become eunuchs for a variety of reasons. It's not always something forced upon them, which I think is a uh, common misconception. Um, I don't really have time to go through all the all of the different reasons, but uh, many times it was for um, religious reasons, spiritual reasons, um, functional reasons, and so. Um, so in any in any case, we want to say in in all honesty, without joking around, all respect to um, Unix and anybody who makes uh, a particular life particular lifestyle choice. It's up to them. You know, we're cool with it, and so we apologize for for those comments. Um, he also mentioned that in our latest podcast, we had um, inferred that since Marilyn Monroe had made a hair hair appointment. Um, for the following day, the, the day following her suicide, that um, that was um, evidence that she um, must have been murdered because, she, you know, why would she have made a, a hair appointment if she was about to commit suicide? But in fact, um, he reminded us that um, when people are potentially going to commit suicide, very often they will continue making appointments, planning for the future. And, and so that really isn't an indication, even though we think that there's probably um, some, um, there's something to the, the conspiracy that, that she might not have committed suicide, um, that the fact that she was making plans for the future is not evidence um, for that. And so we, we also did some research and, and he's 100% true. Um, people often make plans and so, um, it's great. We we really like like it when we can make corrections to to what we've been saying. Um, so the other um, person who who wrote in, which um, was something I think we already knew this, but we probably didn't make it clear in the podcast, is um, Captured Light wrote in to say, "Y'all do realize that when you plead the fifth, you can still be prosecuted, right?" And that's certainly true. 
So pleading the fifth simply means that you can't, you're not required to give evidence against you. If you have evidence that will, that could be used to prosecute you, you don't have to give it yourself. But that being said, if, uh, if the case is still proved against you, you can still be prosecuted. You can go to jail. You can face, um, the, the full, um, impact of, of that. And so, uh, and so that was a good a good reminder from Captured Light. So uh, that's all I've got. And I uh, hope everybody is staying warm. I'll talk to you later. Bye. So we're going to talk about a few, three different um, mobsters who were potentially involved or not involved. We're not making any, jumping to any conclusions here. Um, so Carlos Marcello also known as the Godfather, or a little man. He was born in 1990, died in 1993. He was well, born in 1990? No, he... Oh, I'm sorry, did I say he was born? He was born in 1910, ah. died. Okay. He perished. He perished. In 1993. Was a powerful Italian-American mafioso who ruled the New Orleans crime family from 1947 until the late 1980s. So he had a long and prosperous career. So um, many um, JFK assassination um, researchers have asserted that Marcello, along with Santo Traficante Jr. and Sam Giacana, masterminded the 1963 assassination. Well, you know, and, and I gotta say, you know, don't give them all the props in the world because it doesn't take a freaking, you know, a physics PhD, <laughs> you know, to kind of put that together. Okay, I'm sorry, yeah. but no, you're Jesus right. Christ, a little bit of reading and a little bit of brain. Mm -hmm. Okay, anyway. Well, I don't think that they masterminded it. I think they were involved. Well, okay, I, yeah, okay, all right. Well, I'll say to the people that say, think they masterminded it, I know there's no way they could do it on their own. Yeah. There's absolutely no way they can do it on their own. Absolutely no way. Because, no. You, no, not a chance. And if that's what they mean, if that's what they infer by what they say, then they're fools. And yeah. they don't even, they can't even be considered researchers. That's true. In my mind, anyway. Yeah. Not that we're pumping ourselves up, but we are kind of good. We reach a certain level of subtlety that some no. of these other people don't. Yeah. I mean, not that they don't know. Maybe they know way more than we do. But you're right. A lot of the researchers, like, they have to have their own kind of yeah. pet theory so it's like oh it's like my theory is that the mob did it yeah well what my do you think theory that's for? is that this is because they can sell books there it is i mean it's all about money we aren't looking for money remember that folks yeah we're just remember trying that. to the truth is always a little bit in the grays yep. and that's where we're heading yep. um, nothing but the facts ma'am yeah, well, if they think that you're nixon they might not buy i am not okay so by the end of 1947 marcello had taken control of Louisiana's legal gambling network, mm -hmm. and he uh, and he ultimately um, was able to get into the casino business, kind of skimming money from the new from casinos in the New Orleans area. And he all also managed to get a cut of the money skimmed from the Las Vegas casinos. It's a pretty good deal. Yeah, so he was kind of doing getting money from all different places. And I guess he, this is kind of interesting. It shows kind of how global the mob was, where he was getting money from New Orleans casinos, he was getting money from Las Vegas casinos, and Louisiana's illegal gambling network. And he was getting that, at least in part, in exchange for providing muscle 
for Florida real estate deals. So he essentially was doing stuff down in Florida, which was getting him money. And here's a picture places. of him. That's him. That's him. That's, that's Carlos, Carlos Marcello. Mar oh no, it's not. Oh, that's a different Marcello. That's a that's a that's a soccer player. <laughs> His name is Marcello. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, uh, I got the wrong guy. He's probably a good soccer player. Yeah, he's got he's got good hair. He has he's awesome got hair. he's got good hair. I mean, he's got good not hair. as good as yours. No, but. well, my you know, he, but he's got good hair. Yeah. I wonder if they used like a, a wind thingy when he took that picture. Because if, if his hair is really like that, dude, I mean, Jesus, imagine what his pubes look like. <laughs> Holy Christ. I mean, not that I'm, I mean, okay, not that there's anything wrong with that if I was wondering, but I mean, just, okay, going, moving on. Moving on. What's that percentage on the beer there? <laughs> <laughs> Woo! No worry, if I'm drinking uh, tequila, I'm going to catch up to you. Are you drinking tequila? Drinking tequila. Yes. Alcoholic. I know. Well, you know, it's my second pack. Right? <laughs> it's my second hobby. Okay, um, so now I have to show you the picture, a real picture of Carlos Mochilla. He's a bad man. We don't do graphics here because we're like, you know, we're not graphically challenged, but still. Okay, so. Goodness, he looks grumpy. Yeah, he sure does, man. That is Carlos Marcello. Carlos Marcello! Hey, Marcello! Anyway. Cool graphics, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, really... I mean, I don't need to go into too much detail about him. Essentially, by the by the 40s, he had achieved a very significant position in the um, within the mafia, and he held on to the position for you know the next 30 years, which can be rare in that business. I mean, you know, people tend to get knocked off. And yep. he was and the other thing to remember about him was that he was um, most associated with the New Orleans crime scene, which. You know, as we'll learn as we go along, um, New Orleans was probably the second most important city in terms of where things happened um, related to the JFK assassination. Yeah. Um, so he was, you know, big there. So in 1959, Marcello appeared before the McClellan Committee that was investigating organized crime. And uh, um, in response to committee questioning, Marcello invoked the Fifth Amendment and refused to answer any questions relating to his background, activities, or association or associates. After that, Marcello became an avowed enemy of the Kennedys. After the committee hearings, the government tried unsuccessfully to deport Marcello, who held um, only a Guatemalan passport. <laughs> That's all he had. Like he, he had <laughs> obtained this Guatemalan passport. Allegedly, he obtained it just through bribing people yep. to to get it, um, and, uh, and so that's that was kind of his tenuous grip on remaining in the United States. Um, and then, in the spring of 1961, under the direction of Robert F. Kennedy, who was uh, who was Attorney General at the, at the time, Marcello found himself handcuffed and driven to Moissant International Airport on direct orders from the Attorney General. So he was kind of. Just, Even though he was here, they made him leave. They made him leave. Yeah. Said, "Have a nice day." They sent him out. Go back to Guatemala. Yeah. Did they get that accent right? Guatemala. Is that a Guatemalan accent? I don't know. I would say. If definitely. I butchered, if I butchered it, sorry to all our Guatemala, Guatemalan, <laughs> Guatemalan, <laughs> Guatemalan, cheat boy, stick foot mouth. Our Guatemalan yeah. um, our, listeners. Our, yes. Yes. No, I've got nobody. So whoever's still listening, thank you. Um, 
so uh, after after that, after uh, Marcello was essentially deported by um, Robert Kennedy, um, and he was able to come back. Um, like he didn't get completely um, deported. Um, and after that, he he began making threats against um, Robert Kennedy. So he is the one. Marcello was the one who famously described President Kennedy as the dog, as a dog, mm. and Bobby Kennedy as the tail. He said that the dog will keep biting you um, if you only cut off its tail, but cut off the head and the dog will die, tail and all. So what he was saying was, yep. Even though Bobby Kennedy was the one who was kind of giving him problems, he said, you know, if we can get John Kennedy out of the way, then Bobby Kennedy uh, and his war on crime will, will come to an end. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, little did they know. I mean, I think maybe they did really know, you know, that um, Bobby would have to, well, we don't want to give anything away because when John gets killed, Bobby oh. does stuff. You know, he could have investigated a lot harder than mm. he did, but he knew he couldn't because if he did, right? Well, he was kind of like a lame duck attorney general at well, that point, right? Well, no, not really. I think his hands were tied. We're going to learn that um, it was basically almost a foolproof plan because they knew that if the truth came out mm -hmm. about Kennedy and how he was killed, they'd, they'd find out about the Bay of Pigs and the CIA yep, yep. and all of these other things that happened. Mm -hmm. So Robert Kennedy honestly had to sit there and cover up his own brother's death. Mm -hmm. And that's a long-term, one of the long-term explanations as mm -hmm. to why what happened happened. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine being a brother if that was the case. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, seriously. Because I would be like, wow. Yeah, like if you had to participate or at least stand aside while your brother, the, the uh, murder of your brother is being covered up. Yeah, by the people you hate. Yeah. <laughs> Lyndon Johnson. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into this. Don't worry, we'll get yeah. into, Definitely. we kind of throw things out there. Yeah, but we do. Even if we throw something out there and we don't deal with it, you know, thoroughly now, don't worry, we'll get to it yep. eventually. Yep. So, uh... In September of 1962, there was an FBI informant named Edward Becker, who actually got some, um, who, who actually got some information from Marcello. So he was an FBI informant, um, but he was, you know, part of Marcello's group, and he was drinking scotch and eating antipasta anti with uh, <laughs> with Marcello. Goodness, isn't that like a cliche? <laughs> they were drinking scotch and eating anti-pasta anti in uh, Marcello's farmhouse kitchen when um, Becker, who was the FBI informant, mentioned reading something in the papers about Robert Kennedy's plans to deport Marcello. According to Be Becker, Marcello's mood instantly changed. He uttered a Sicilian curse um, referring to, to John F. Kennedy. In the curse was... Lavarsi sina Petra di la Scarpa. That's pretty good. Probably not, but um, I'll say it again. I'll edit it. Yeah, the first one. Lavarsi sina Petra di la Scarpa. Because if you hold your hands like this, when you say it, it comes out a lot better. It's true. It does. It really does. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Go ahead. God. You never know what you're going to get with this podcast. <laughs> Woo! It's a good thing we don't have graphics for this podcast. <laughs> All God. right. Anyway. So what did that mean? Do you want to translate the? Uh, do you want to translate using your your Italian knowledge of Italian what that meant? Take a stone out of my shoe. Yes. As that means. That was great. That was great translating. I think so. Uh, <laughs> so after that, um, JFK. It, it said, again, we don't know for a fact, but okay. it said mm-hmm. that JFK's assassination became for Carlos Marcello an affair of honor, a Sicilian vendetta. Oh, look at that. Meaning they wouldn't let anybody else do it, you mean? Well, that's what you were talking about before. Or at least, mm. he felt that it needed to occur. Yeah. Like, until it had occurred, it would be um, a stain on his honor. <laughs> um, so, the FBI informant, Edward Becker... Becker. 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 Also, how did a guy named Edward Becker manage to, to infiltrate the Mafia? Like uh, that's he interesting. Must, he must have looked more Italian than he. Uh, but his last name is Becker. It's like a British. It's I like mean, a, how do you say? How do you say Becker in, even Italian. in Italian accent? Even. I have no idea. Becker. 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 I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I guess he must. Does have, it say? He must have been a great actor. In well, some yeah. way. He was probably like a Tweety British guy in real Or life. maybe he did a favor for somebody and then they went, hey, you're not an Italian, right? You're not a Sicilian. And you're not Jewish. So we'll let you in anyway since you helped us out. Well, yeah. I mean, remember when we, we studied the Mafia, they could do business with people from other ethnicities. Yeah. But you just couldn't be a full-fledged, yeah. you know, Mafia member. But know. apparently you were allowed to eat ant- antipasta with them, but, <laughs> um, So anyway... <laughs> <laughs> this uh, this FBI informant Edward Becker Becker uh, okay. <laughs> states that Marcello also made some kind of reference to the way in which he wanted to arrange JFK's murder. Uh-huh. Marcello, according to Becker, clearly indicated that his own lieutenants must not be identified as the assassins, and that um, there will thus be a necessity to have to use them or manipulate someone else to carry out the actual crime. He said that he had already thought up a way to set up a, quote, nut to take all the heat, quote, the way they do it in Sicily. When was this? This was in late 1962. Oh, wow, before it even happened, huh? Yes. Yeah. Wow, okay, all right, okay. So uh, it's not like he had motivation to say something that already happened. No. no. Wow, okay. No. All right. And again, this is what the FBI informant said. But he said it in 62, right? So Yeah, it doesn't like he said uh, it in 69 or, you know, 80. Yeah. Um, he also had the distinct feeling that Marcello had already discussed his plans with somebody else. Um, and uh, And so Becker's information was communicated again to J. Edgar Hoover who hoovered it up. Um, <laughs> Hoover decided to withhold the Becker information, surprisingly. Yeah. And uh, many people over time have suggested that because Hoover um, withholded the mafia death threats that he had heard, um, he, he never passed that information on to the Secret Service. Um, some people think that he withheld it because some of this information was obtained through illegal surveillance. Although I don't think that the information from the FBI informant was, you know, through illegal surveillance. Nah, yeah. 
Um, but then other people have said that Hoover, um, by withholding this information, becomes guilty of treason, yep. seditious conspiracy, oh. um, advocating the overthrow of the government, mm -hmm. a conspiracy to impede or injure an officer of the government. Yep. Um, I mean, what they're saying is, is that by withholding the information... He was complicit. Yep, he's complicit. He yep. allows the assassination to yep. happen. Yep, 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 yep. There's something to be said for that, I think. Yep. He was a bad man. He was a very bad man. Mm. Very bad. Now we're doing Indian accents. So, uh, now get this timing. November 4th, 1963. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Carlos Marcello goes on trial that day in New Orleans on federal charges of conspiracy in connection with his falsification of a, or alleged, falsification of a Guatemalan birth certificate. Eighteen days from then, on November 22nd, <laughs> 1963, only minutes <laughs> after the JFK assassination, he is acquitted. Wow, look at that. <clears throat> Could be a coincidence. Of course. Coincidence number... So, uh, moving on. You know, interesting, I do these, the editing, and I realize that every time I start a new bullet point, literally every new bullet point, I always say, so, it's like my lead-in. <laughs> so, and I edit them all out. So, I make myself sound much more fluent than I am in real life, <laughs> which is great. Power of uh, movie magic. Uh, so. So. <laughs> I can't start until I say so. Uh, so, so, <laughs> in 1978, people don't want to wear them. Yeah, I know because I'm gonna edit it out. So you're not gonna know. You're just gonna look like I know. I do all, all the editing. I do. I do to try to make myself look a little smarter. Actually, it's kind of cool little... though. Like I'm laughing like a like a weirdo, right? I don't know where people are gonna go, dude. What are you doing, man? Well, no, that <laughs> you happens. On something? That happens sometimes, just from the way that I edit it. I mean, sometimes. And sometimes I do like a weird edit just because I can't help it. I'm a little contrary. Sometimes I do a weird edit just to fuck with people. Like I just like suddenly I'll just cut. Like, Did I miss something? You know, so just so you know, like I can't help it. I'm a little bit, um, I'm a little bit fucked up that way. Cause I like to screw with you. I know I don't look like the sort of person who would do that, but if you wonder why oh, things man. don't seem like Stomach they make sense, from laughing, you kill me, you kill me, you fucker. Um, so go ahead. So. <laughs> <laughs> we are high right now. This would be an hour of ghost going, so! <laughs> so! <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Don't say it. Don't fucking say it. Okay, uh, I can't start without saying there it. There you go. Uh, I can do it. Just <laughs> 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 fucking read it, goddammit. In 1978. Yeah, <sighs> The House Select Committee on Assassinations was looking into the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Ooh. And they had recognized that uh, Jack Ruby's murder of Lee Harvey Oswald, which we'll get into later, mm. was a reason to suspect organized crime as possibly having been involved in the assassination. Oh, isn't that kind of amazing uh, to take that leap of, of logic? Uh, so... <laughs> <and> <laughs> Uh, the House Select Committee noted 
of mm. the presence of credible associations relating both Lee Harvey Oswald and Jack Ruby to figures having a relationship with Marcello's crime family or organization. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And this committee stated that, quote, the committee found that Marcello had the motive, means, and opportunity to have President John F. Kennedy assassinated, though it has been unable to establish direct evidence of Marcello's complicity. complicity. This is the actual... I mean, this is the. These are words from the government. They're, the government said that Marcello had the motive, means, opportunity. We just can't quite prove it. That's the conclusion that the government came to. What they don't say in that is that the government had nothing to do with it. You mean the government? You're right. What they're saying is somebody else had to do it, but mm -hmm. we can't prove it. But just remember, mm -hmm. it wasn't us. Mm -hmm. We had nothing to do with it. Being the government. I can speak for the government. We had nothing to do with it. Might have been this guy. Can't prove that. Mm -hmm. But us? Oh, no. We might not have said it one way or the other, but that just means that's how we play. Mm -hmm. That's how we do it. Exactly. Yeah. So, I'm just going to do it. Just you got to let me do it. i got to do it my way. <laughs> okay. I did it my <laughs> way. Um, oh, no. The end, no, the end of the podcast is not near. No, no, no. Uh, not even close. So, I so, said it first, you That's good. So, I go still got to say it. So. There's a, uh, there was a book written in, uh, in 2013 by Lamar Waldron, The Hidden History of the JFK Assassination. And Lamar Walden, this is just, again, testimony. We throw out a lot of stuff. Another, another book writer. Another right? book Another writer. book writer, right? Yeah. I know. Well, whatever. I mean, I'm just, and, 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 you know, I'm including everything. Yeah, but check it out, though, right? Another book writer that, oh, I don't know, says the same shit in a different way. I guarantee you there's nothing in that book I don't know already. Okay. But why is it? Would somebody write a book about something a lot of people already know? Why? Because there's a lot of people out there that have no idea. Well, he did... One thing which he did, which was new at the time, at least, Okay. is he... He presented an account of Marcello's prison cellmate. Oh! Jack Van Lanningham. Mm. And this person claimed that while in prison, Marcello bragged to him that he had masterminded the Kennedy assassination. Now, if there's one person out there, one, that will look into the name of... Jack Van Lanningham. And at what prison? Should I spell his last name? Yes. L-A-N-I-N-G-H-A-M. Okay. And he was at the prison where Carlos Marcello was. Federal Correctional Institution in Texarkana, Texas. Okay. If you could just confirm, just confirm for me that that was his actual cellmate, if you can. Mm. Again. It's a, place, a good place to start. That's one small thing. And what it'll do is it'll prove that this guy is either telling the truth or lying. Now, what's this guy's name that wrote this book? Lamar Waldron. Okay, and we also need to find out whether or not Lamar Waldron went and spoke to this yahoo mm. over at this place in Texarkana, Texas, if he did. And if this person's still alive in prison, and if he is, and you live in Texarkana, maybe you want to go and meet this guy and see if he ever talked to him. Or see if the, any of the logs at this place in Texarkana has any record of this guy mm -hmm. going to meet him. Because this guy could just be making this shit up just to have a book. Yep. No, that's entirely true. And, and this is definitely something where, you know, when I throw this out there, I'm not saying, oh, this means yeah. anything. I'm just saying, 
Just so you know, yeah. this person who said this, this person yeah. who said Yeah, look that. it up, find out. These are the things, this is the way we think. It's like, okay, and that's the way you should be thinking. Mm-hmm. Never believe shit just because you write it, this written in a book. <laughs> books mean what? We're so trained as kids to, 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 to believe what we see in books. Mm-hmm. Because as, as children, we're growing up with books. And books are telling us the facts. And we're so used to that being the case that I think we subconsciously say, oh, a book. If a book's allowed to be written, mm-hmm. well, it's got to be true. If this person says this, well, then it's got to be true. If he says he was there, mm-hmm. bullshit. Anyway, I digress. Moving right along. Jimmy Hoffa. Oh, what a guy. Jimmy Hoffa, the, the second of our three, uh, um, our three, what's that movie? The Three Amigos. Ah, yeah. Jimmy Hoffa. Born 1913, died, nope, disappeared, 1975. (laughs) He was an American labor union leader, as we mentioned before, who served as president of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters from 1957 until 1971. Wow. He vanished in 1975 at age 62. He played a major role in the growth and development of the union, which eventually became the largest by membership in the United States with over 2.3 million members at its peak <laughs> during his terms as its leader. Wow. So uh, is it possible, I mean, we know that he was, you know, in a, a mafia member involved with the mafia. Is it possible that, you know, his story is a little mixed in terms of like he did some, is it possible that he did some good work for the working man really as union leader and, and, I mean, I'm just throwing... I don't know. Are you trying to say that maybe he was a Robin Hood? I mean, I don't know. Steal from the rich or kill people? I don't know much about him. I saw that movie with um, Jack Nicholson, which was interesting, um, which, you know, showed him as being kind of a, uh, um, you know, a mixed bag. Is his son now the president of the Teamsters? That would be hilarious to me. James P. Hoffa grew up on picket lines and union meetings... He's the only son of James R. Hoffa, former general president of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters. Oh, my God. Look so at J- that, would you? So James P. Hoffa is, cr- is the current president <laughs> of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters. Now, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Who would have thought that? If, 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 you're, if you're Jimmy Jr., uh-huh. right, and your dad is killed, disappeared, he might have just apparated. Why would you want to be the head of the Teamsters knowing somebody in the mob killed your dad? Why? Maybe. Maybe. And I'm just throwing this out here because it's the first thing that came in my mind. Uh-huh. Maybe Jimmy Hoffa's not dead. Well, we don't really know what happened to him. Right. Right? He might be... He might be. Look, um, he might have cha- stopped being Jimmy Hoffa and become um, Andy Kaufman. He <laughs> He, he might be somewhere on, a, on, 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 you know, somewhere in a different place because he knew it was too hot. Yeah, it's true. You know, maybe that was the case. I mean, there's tons of crap out there, not saying it's true or not, that Michael Jackson's not dead, mm-hmm. right? That there he was at his own funeral, watching his own funeral. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, like, compelling circumstances evidence of a video. I mean, it's weird. Well, you know, I've always thought, Dude. Like, there's al- I've always you thought know? that there's got to be like at least one celebrity who died young faked it. If you, at least because, one. Because think because about it. Anything you, you can think about, somebody's done. You have no, you have no freaking privacy, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you're never gonna have a life of your own. 
you're always going to be sought out wherever you go. Mm -hmm. If he wants to be on his own way, he'll go to Bahrain. He always heads out to Bahrain. I found this out when I was looking at stuff like that. Mm -hmm. He was always there where he could, he was never noticed. He would dress differently and they even showed him in pictures as an old man, an old white man. Huh. Well, he's always almost white anyway. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, I mean, why wouldn't it be viable? I mean, so this guy, his son. Mm -hmm. He's a president. Yeah, no, that's crazy. I didn't know that. Would you want to be president if you knew your dad was killed by the mob? <laughs> and guaranteed, if he's still part of the Teamsters, don't even try to tell me. He's not like that. He's mob. not in. Stop it. Any of that. Just stuff, stop yeah. it. Just another thing for me to look into, right? Whew. This Goodness. this guy. So probably do these podcasts and like we end up with more questions and answers. Unbelievable. In the 1960s, this guy was a loader and unloader of freight. That guy was? He doesn't look old enough to have done that. 1960 to 1993, Teamster Attorney, representing members, local unions. 1993 to 98, Administrative Assistant. That must be an old picture. To the President of Michigan Joint Council 43, and then 1999 to President, General President, International Brotherhood of Teamsters. Wow. That's amazing. Unbelievable. Surprised that you don't hear more about that, the fact that he's the head of the Teamsters. I mean... Wouldn't you think it would raise questions? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm like, shit, now i got to do three hours worth of research yeah. to find out what the hell. I mean, and, and maybe I mean, you would think that all, like somebody who's, who, who was the son of Jimmy Hoffa would be the last person who could get elected head of the Teamsters. But maybe the Teamsters, they kind of are proud of their their past or something. I just, I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. I'm going to find out, though. I'm going to dig. I'm digging. Mm -hmm. I'm digging. Well, I'm maybe he went legit. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Okay, well. Anyway, moving forward. So Hoffa became involved with organized crime from the early years of his Teamsters work. And this connection continued until his disappearance in 1975. Um, over the years, he was convicted of jury tampering, attempted bribery and fraud in 1964, in separate trials. He was imprisoned in 1967 and sentenced to 13 years. Woohoo! And we'll talk later about how he, he uh, managed to get out of that. Um, he first faced criminal investigations in 1957 as a result of the McClellan Senate hearings. And even though he kind of ran into problems there, he managed to avoid conviction for several years. However, when um, John F. Kennedy became president in, in 1960 and Robert Kennedy became attorney general, Robert Kennedy kind of gained a lot more ability in his mm -hmm. quest to go after um, Jimmy Hoffa. And he actually had, um, he actually had a so-called Get Hoffa. I'm going to say that again because I, I, I stumbled over it. Robert Kennedy had a group of investigators and prosecutors that he termed the Get Hoffa Squad. Nice! So, nice. RFK was determined to put Hoffa behind bars. Wow. In September of 1962, Ed Parton, another um, informant, in, in this case he was a Teamster official who turned informant, he went to Louisiana law enforcement officials to tell them of a threat that Hoffa had made. According to Ed Parton, 
Hoffa began talking about plans to kill Robert Kennedy. Wow. Not JFK, but Robert yeah. Kennedy. Yeah. Oh, he, he had a vendetta against that guy. Hated him. Oh, he did. Hated Definitely. him. Hoffa, um, according to Ed Parton, Hoffa discussed two different schemes. One involved the firebombing of Hickory Hill, which was Kennedy's Virginia estate. Mm-hmm. Right, the, yep. The second involved shooting Robert Kennedy with a rifle while he rode in an open car. Oh, well, looky there. This was an ideal setup, according to Hoffa. The idea would be to catch Robert Kennedy somewhere in the South where, quote, segregation people might be blamed for the crime. Sound in, sound uh, familiar? So. On the day... <laughs> I'm being very good. Yes, you are. On the day that Ruby murdered Oswald, Hoffa told the Nashville reporter... Bobby Kennedy is just another lawyer now. <laughs> what a punk. Yeah. Yeah. So, in the jury tampering and the fraudulent loan cases, Hoffa ultimately was convicted, fined, and imprisoned. Yep. But he received executive clemency from Trump? President Richard Nixon on December 23, 1971 without the customary consultation with the sentencing judge. So Nixon swooped in and said, You know, Hoffa, you may have been a criminal for your entire adult life, but I like you. Uh, What year was this? 1971. Okay. So near the end of his first... It was the end of 71, December 23rd, 1971. So probably it was... It was before his impeachment started. Yeah. But it was after the election. No, it wouldn't have been after the election because the election would have been in 72, right? In November of 72. Uh, uh. So it was kind of near the end of his first term. So he made sure to get it done when he was going to be able to get it done. Yep. Yep. Ooh, imagine that, would you? Huh? And uh, that was... Don't worry, Jimmy. Don't worry. We'll, we'll take care of you. We'll take care of you. He did spend five, or Hoffa did spend five years in prison. He had a 13-year sentence, and he spent five years in prison um, before um, Nixon commuted his sentence. After his release, Hoffa was awarded a Teamsters pension of $1.7 million, delivered in a one-time lump sum payment. This type of pension settlement had never occurred before with the Teamsters. So, and let me correct myself, he wasn't really impeached, he resigned, because yeah, he knew he, he would gonna, be impeached. He would be impeached <laughs> so you yeah. might as well just say he was. I mean, anyway. Yeah. So this is what's interesting about the, the um, what happened with, with Nixon. So Nixon uh, commuted, or he essentially let off, or he got, um, well, he, he, let me back up and edit this. This is what is interesting with this whole thing with Nixon and Hoffa. Nixon gave Hoffa executive clemency in December tw- on December 23rd, 1971, you know, near the end of his first mm-hmm. term. Mm-hmm. And then and then after that, the the Teamsters turned around and endorsed Nixon, who was a Republican in his presidential re-election bid in 1972. In all prior elections, the union had supported Democratic nominees. Wow! Actually, I'm sorry, except they had also endorsed Nixon in 1960. So the only times they had ever endorsed Republicans was in 
1960 for Nixon and 72 for Nixon. But uh, suspicion was raised about whether there had been a deal for Hoffa's release connected with the Teamsters' support of Nixon. Well, I mean, did, it's funny, right? Mm -hmm. I wonder if anybody could do a little bit of a research about if any president ever on record has been on record saying, this is why I impeach so-and-so. You mean um, like what were your reasons? Not impeached, but you mean or, uh, uh, sorry, impeached. It, uh, 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 what is it? Um, uh, like what's um, the word? What's the word we're looking ah. for? Uh, let go or, or, or pardoned. Pardoned, yes. right? Uh, you know, somebody who was a criminal in prison. Like, why did they do it? Like, what was the like? Okay, if, if it's yeah, overwhelming right. evidence that somebody did something wrong, yeah, overwhelming. They should, they should have to. Like, I mean, we talked about this in an earlier podcast. I really don't like the whole idea that a president yeah, did, can just yeah. pardon yeah. whoever they want. I mean, what gives them the freaking right? I mean, honestly. Like, why is it that that is... You know, there are certain powers that the president has, yeah. and you can... And for a lot of them, you can make a rational argument why it's good that they have those powers. What is the rational argument for the president having the power to pardon criminals? Yeah, well, and what I mean by that is... Look, you can make a decision to pardon a death row inmate mm -hmm. because he just they spent 30 years in prison and, and, and they were going through the system and now they're saying the death sentence is going to happen. Mm -hmm. But if a president says, well, gee, I mean, you know, I've looked at his record, I, I've mm -hmm. looked at his prison record, I've looked at what happened, I've, I've met with him or her mm -hmm. personally, now I think I should give him clemency. Mm -hmm. Okay, I get it. Yeah. But tell us why. Moving on. That's my new, that'll be my new uh, my new catchphrase. Moving on. Okay. <laughs> there there were some rumors, and I'm just throwing this out there because we don't have facts about this, right. but still we want to at least throw things out there that have been said. There are some rumors that a large sum of money, estimated to be as high as a million dollars, was paid secretly to Nixon in order to get Hoffa um, out of jail. Yeah, total conjecture. Total total conjecture. Um, so, who knows? Who knows, yeah. And then there also is some evidence, I don't know what evidence it is, but that's what people say, there's, there's some whispers of, um, a secret bribe also paid in 1960. Oh. And in that case, I would assume the bribe would have been in the other direction. Because, like, what did the, you know, why would the Teamsters have been bribing Nixon back then? He was the one who needed yeah, their votes. Yeah, because, well, he was just... Well, maybe because they wanted him to be president. Yeah, but then why would they bribe him? He was, you know, they don't need to bribe him to try to be president. Well, I mean... Maybe they thought he was going to be president. Right, like because the Teamsters was, aren't the mob per se. Yeah, I bet that's what it was. I bet they gave him money because yeah. everybody thought that Nixon was going to win in yeah. 1960. No, well, the only reason he didn't is because of that fucking debate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a little bit of help from Kennedy's friends, you know. So, the, yeah, so, actually, that makes a lot of sense, because if you yeah. think about it, uh, actually, the more I think about it, it makes sense, because yeah. you have the McClellan Committee, in, in you know, which starts in 1957, yeah. and they're primarily focused on the Teamsters. The head of the Teamsters is thrown in jail. Hoffa is, is, in, is you know, being brought in, having, having all sorts of pressure put on him. And so what they do is, is they, they then you know, give a, a large bribe to Nixon, who's running for president, who they think is going to win. Yeah. Essentially saying, like, okay, we're going to give you all this money. For if you campaign. win, you better take care of us. Yeah. 
So that makes sense. Yeah, and then when he actually did win, they mm -hmm. still well, he, yeah, carried well, off on, on his promise, right? You're right, you're right. It just took him 12 years. <laughs> hey, we never forget. Remember yeah. we gave you that money way back then? You may not have won, but you finally did, so. Mm -hmm. And he was like, okay, <laughs> I'll pay you guys. Don't worry. Just don't say anything, okay? Mm -hmm. I don't want to get impeached. <laughs> So we, the last thing we have, and I think maybe we should, we'll do another s section for this. We have Sam Giacana left. Sammy, Momo. And that might be all we get to. We might not even, oh, and the French Connection. We'll do Sam, when we get back, we'll do Sam Giacana and the French Connection. And I guess we will save all of Lee Harvey Oswald for next time. Yeah, man. Whew.